Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's go and open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2 and we are going to look at verses 1 through 10 today. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. We'll look at just a few things here, just a few things for us to think about in regards to the wise men. The first thing that we need to think about in regards to the wise men is that we have no idea who they were, and we have no idea where they came from. Now, there are some hints in the Old Testament. For example, in uh, Psalm chapter number 72 and verse number 10, there is a scripture that says, The kings of Tarshish and the isles will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and, of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. Uh, so, Tarshish is Spain, Sheba is, um, I guess, in the area of Yemen today. So, in the Old Testament, you know, if this is indeed referring to these three wise men, um, you know, it says that they're going to come from those areas. But other than that, I mean, we really uh, don't have a clue uh, who these three kings are. Were. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that we are not sure as to exactly how many there were. We don't even know if there were three. I mean, we assume there were three uh, because of the gifts that they brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But really the chances of such wealthy men traveling alone during that time would have been very doubtful. Uh, the Roman, The Romans road, the Roman roads... Um, you know, wasn't the safest, and uh, depending on where they came from, um, the Roman roads did offer a lot of safety. But um, you know, the good, you know, the Samaritan, you know, the Samaritan story. I mean, there were a lot of thieves along the way, so the chances of these guys traveling alone are pretty slim. So, um, so again, we don't know if there were three. Uh, I would say there probably might have been three. Um, if there were at a minimum three wise men, they probably had a large entourage with them. 
Um, tradition uh, actually names them Caspar, Melchior, and Belthazar. But again, that's, that's totally uh, fiction. We're not sure of that. Uh, the, num the third thing in regards to this um, about the wise men is there's no mention of camels anywhere in the narrative. Um, we don't see camels, you know, so, so much for, uh, we three kings of Orient are, um, you know, we don't see any camels there. Um, and then I guess another thing, it, you know, how did the wise men know about the birth of the Lord? I mean, there was no social media. I mean, um, I've, you know, in my studies, I've seen three possible reasons that have been put forth. Um, none of which I'm, I'm dogmatic about by any stretch of the imagination. But um, Isaiah 60, for example, let me get over there. Isaiah 60 and verse number one, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, the deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see, they all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Now here's some camels. The multitude of camels shall cover uh, your land. So, again, um, this passage um, is not really referring to um, the first advent of Christ. Uh, this passage is referring to the, to the second advent of Christ. Uh, but some people say, well, maybe there was a dual fulfillment here. You know, maybe half of it, some of it was fulfilled at his first coming and the second part could be fulfilled at his second coming. So, um, uh, but again, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, you know, the text is speaking about the Gentiles coming and blessing in, in Zion at his second advent. So I think that's stretching it a little bit. And then another possible reason they knew, uh, is the prophecy of Daniel in, uh, Daniel, uh, chapter number 9 and verse number 23, and we can look at that, Daniel 9, 23. Uh, and notice uh, this is that, that great prophecy of Daniel, and this could be, you know, uh, a completely different message. Uh, and I've taught on Daniel many times, but he says, at the beginning of your supplications, you remember Daniel was praying, and, you know, and the Lord tells him what he's going to do with the Gentile nations, uh, he shows Daniel, you know, he gives him the interpretation of the of the four beasts of the sea, he gives the interpretation of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had seen. And, you know, so Daniel understands these things, but then he, he turns the corner in chapter number nine and says, well, what about your people? You know, what's going to happen to them? And uh, down in verse number 23, uh, 
it says at the beginning of your supplication, then the angel came to him and said, Oh, Daniel, I've come now for it to give you skill to understand. And the angel says, At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. So they look at this prophecy of Daniel's 70 weeks. Um, and it says, 70 weeks are determined for your week for your people. That's 70 weeks of seven, uh, 490 years, if you do the math, for your people and for your holy city. To, and during that 490 years, these things are going to happen, is what he's saying. I'm going to finish transgression. I'm going to make an end of sin. I'm going to make reconciliation for iniquity. I'm going to bring in everlasting righteousness. I'm going to seal up vision and prophecy. And I'm going to anoint the most holy or the most holy one, depending on how it's translated there. So, and then you get down in verse 25. Um, know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command. Uh, in other words, he's telling Daniel when the clock is going to start ticking for these uh, 70 weeks of seven to begin these this period of 490 years. Well, he says, know therefore and understand that once the command goes forth to rebuild and restore Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince comes, and he says there'll be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Well, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 69 weeks um, and if you and if you look that he's he's telling him that from the going forth of the commandment to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem counting forward 69 weeks the Messiah is gonna come so you know maybe the the wise men looked at this and they did the math in their heads um, or on their albatrosses or whatever they were working with uh, so they may very well have used this prophecy to determine the date of Jesus. Now, we know historically that the command to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem was given in Nehemiah 2, uh, when Nehemiah came and asked permission from the king to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, and we know from the archaeological, finding, archaeological findings of Sir Rowlandson that this happened on March 14th, 445 B.C., and the prophecy says that from the going forth of the command, which would have been March 14th, 445 B.C., if indeed what Sir Rowlandson found is the real date, and there's no reason to doubt it is, but that it would be 69 weeks of years until the Messiah would come. In other words, maybe the wise men looked at this prophecy and said, okay, we know March 14th, 445 B.C., count forward, uh, 483 years and the Messiah will come. Well, 483 years, bear in mind they didn't use a Julian calendar like we have. They used a Babylonian calendar with 360 days and you do 483 years and you do the math, that's 173,880 days. And so you count forward from March 14, 445 BC, boom, you land on April 6, 32 AD. You know, which is the day that Jesus uh, purportedly was standing outside the eastern gate. And they could have backtracked this date to the approximate birth time. I mean, we don't know. I guess that's why they're called wise. <laughs> okay. But some people say they were looking at the prophecy of Daniel. And, uh, and then the third thing, people say, well, maybe they were looking at the prophecy of Balaam. Um, we studied Balaam when we went through uh, the little epistle of Jude. 
Um, you know, but Numbers 24, 17, Balaam said, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. So the wise men, Math and Daniel, looking for a star that's going to come, that's going to lead them to the scepter, that's going to that's going to rise and smite, um, you know, the corners of Moab and destroy the the children of Sheth. So again, all of that's just speculation. You know, how did these guys know? when and where Jesus was going to be uh, born. We, we simply uh, do not know. Um, and then I'm going to do one more thing. Uh, verse 11, And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Notice the gifts that these wise men brought, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Each of these gifts represents some aspect of the Lord. For example, gold represents his kingly role. Frankincense represents his priestly role. And then myrrh, of course, symbolizes his death. Um, and it's interesting because uh, the book of Isaiah, pushing forward to uh, the king, the, you know, Christ ruling and reigning on earth, yet future, says that a multitude of camels, you remember I read that? It says that they will bring gold and incense and they shall proclaim the, the praise of the Lord. So, you know, again, those that do that dual fulfillment thing are saying that Isaiah 16, verse number six, um, is also point forward, which I believe it is to the second coming of the Lord and the kings of the earth will come and they'll give gold and incense. But notice there's no myrrh because myrrh symbolized death and Jesus is not going to die again at his second coming. His first time, he first advent, he came meek and lowly riding upon the donkey. At his second coming, he's going to come as king of kings and lord of lords riding upon a white stallion and his feet's going to touch the Mount of Olives. They're going to divide asunder and he's going to judge the nation. So, um, again, you know, just um, interesting. Uh, verse number 11. What I want to do next time, I want to talk about the age of Jesus. Uh, when the the wise men actually got to him. I mean, think about your little nativity that you put together on Christmas, just like most of us do. Um, you know, you got Mary and Joseph and Jesus laying in a manger. You got your little angels and your little donkeys and cows and things around him. Uh, and then you also have the shepherds. And then who else is in that? The wise men. Huh. Were the wise men really there? Uh, and the little drummer boy, I hate to break it to you, he wasn't there for sure. So we'll talk about that next time. Listen, God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you. And he's working all things out for your good. 